Hello, and welcome to the Geekiest Podcast, where we sit around and talk to our friends about all things geeky, all the while giving each other geek points to determine who is the geekiest. Welcome to the Geekiest. I'm Joe. I'm Kayla. I'm Will. And I'm Farad. Hey, we've Hi, got... Hi, Farad! <laughs> <laughs> we've got Farad in. Farad is a Twitch streamer and Discord community creator, world builder, all-around pretty awesome guy. And I'm not saying that because he gave us a uh, spot on his Discord server to promote our show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome no to the show. No <laughs> <future>. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thank you for having me. I'm very honored to be here. Cool. So, uh, one of the things we always like to talk to our guests about is uh, how they got into their particular uh, geekdoms. So, what got you into tabletop role playing games? So, tabletop role playing games is it's something that I've always wanted to play. You know, when I was a kid. Um, I always saw it on TV and I heard some people talking about it, um, but I never really had the means um, to go play. And, and, to, and, to, and to be honest, I, I, you know, just to be completely honest, which I always am, I was kind of that person that thought it was uncool to play it. And I wanted to be cool in high school and in school. So I, I chose to stay away from it. And, and, you know, I always, it was always inside me. I always wanted to be this geek. When I was about 36 years old, um, my wife, uh, her sister, and her sister's um, husband at the time, um, his, he was the only one that had ever played. He had been running vampires with his friends for a long time, been playing D&D for a long time, and he offered to play a game with us, you know, to, to run a DM game for us. And we, we all just said yes. So we, you know, we all went to, our, our, we got our books. I, I ordered my first ever player's handbook and I started reading and I made a character named Velsium, uh, Velsium Greendrune. He was a half elf um, sorcerer uh, with Dragonic Bloodline. And um, we all made mages, all three of us, because we didn't, we didn't communicate at all. We were all, we were all squishy. So he came over that day and we realized this and I turned to him, I said, okay, so what about this? What if I make a second character and I just play both? And wow. you jumped in with both feet. Oh yeah, I, I, I just he was just like, "Are you sure?" I was just like, "Yeah, I, I think I can spend some time talking to myself." And I made a character named Farad. He was a furbolg uh, eldritch knight. Nice. And you know that's where Farad came from. He was you know my all time favorite character. And I spent you know the next several hours. We sat there for about nine hours that day playing, just talking as these two characters. And when it kind of ended, I had had a ton of fun, but it wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting it to be hard. I was expecting there to be a bigger story instead of just, you know, a couple lines of dialogue and, you know, we would walk through a little place and they would run into a fight and, and it, he kind of dumbed it down for us. And so as they were getting up to leave, I said, you know what, guys, like I had so much fun. Let's do this again next week. But next week I'm DMing. Wow. Nice. 
and they were Ball just like, what, like geek point like, ballsy yes <laughs> thank you um and i i sat down that night and i started to work on Herestria, which is the world that i've been working on ever since um i wrote out probably about three thousand words that night just for the next week and you know they came over the next week and i ran this story and it's the same characters that are still in it now or not like people that are playing it but the same characters that i run in it the story has just evolved so much um you know i i've got years and years and years and decades of ages of lore um i i couldn't even tell you how many words the the file is up to now and um and i've just been in and i fell into it ever since um, and you know, that's how I got into it. So I, I've only, I haven't been doing this that long. I've only been doing this for about four years now. I just turned 40 on the 13th. And uh, while I talk about my birthday, happy birthday to you, Joseph. Yes, I know Thank it's your birthday. Um, Thank you. Happy and, birthday, Joe. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Um, and yeah, and I just, and I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with the people. Um, but I still didn't have people to, fight, to to play with. Nobody I knew wanted to play other than my wife and her sister and, you know, and this, this other guy. Um, so I went online. I started searching, you know, where can I fit? But where can I play online? Where can I find a community? And I found this place called Fantasy Grounds College. And it's a, if you guys know what Fantasy Grounds is, it's similar to Roll20. Yeah. It's another tabletop, like a uh, virtual tabletop. And I yeah. went there and I met a whole bunch of people. I met a family. And, um, you know, I sat there, the guy that started the Discord had like a two, three hour conversation with me about an hour after I joined. And he taught me how to use the system and how to play in D&D. And I went on to to stay at that Discord for, uh, you know, a, a year and a bit, just helping people learn the game and learn how to use the system. Um, and, and, and for me, I'm completely computer illiterate. I've, you know, before I started doing all this stuff, I've always been in the restaurant industry. And I've never, you know, all the gaming that I did was console gaming. I've never really been a computer gamer. So this was very new to me. And the ease of the system was just amazing. And it made my online game so much better. And I was able to just meet people. You know, I've met people all around the world and played with people from, you know, Scotland, Australia, and um, Iceland, Germany. And, and it's just so nice to be able to get online and bring these, you know, these geeks together. Um, because the one thing that I found in fully immersing myself in this over the last couple of years is that this community is always there for each other. You know, no matter what's going on, you, you know, the people that play in these games, they, they become your family. They become, you know, this, your companions, the people that are going to save you in fights and they're going to save you in life. Um, and they care for you. And, you know, you don't find that a lot of places. And that is, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite things about this community. I totally agreed. Um, just, I, I, I'm still back. I'm still back at you know end of your first session and you you deciding to jump in, both feet to DM. I, I tip my hat to you on that one. Um, so you so you you get into Discord gaming, uh, mm -hmm. and I I remember I'm going. So I I started playing back when I was about eight or nine. I was I was young enough that. Uh, the red box set that my brother and I had gotten, I think on the side of it said for ages 10 and up. And I questioned whether or not I was legally allowed to play D&D <laughs> um, &D or not. And my brother, uh, he's five, year, five and a half years older than me, politely let me know that the D&D &D police were not going to come get me. Okay. Um, 
and and I've double checked with uh, when James Intercastle was on to, because he you know he's worked with Wizards just to make sure that there isn't some sort of you know TSR holdover uh, warrant for my uh, playing playing too young. James said it was okay. Jim James said it was okay. <laughs> um, but it took I, me. I hope you use that in your D D games, by the way. <laughs> um, and and so I remember back three point five. Uh, all of us were moving around my group of friends and we were looking for at that point, a virtual tabletop. Um, so this is about 2004, 2005 and fantasy grounds was pretty much the only one that we all could use. Mm -hmm. Um, never actually got to use it. I bought the key for it and everything. (laughs) Um, but never actually got to use it because I moved to New York and, and, Left Florida, moved to New York, started a whole new life, and D and D fell out of it for a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it's in, it's intrigued me how the virtual tabletop, especially now with the you know we are in the you know quarantine social distancing era, how popular and how necessary the virtual tabletop, be it uh, Roll Twenty, Fantasy Grounds. Uh, there's a couple other ones out there that. I, I would like to take a look at it at some point, but yeah, just, like tabletop simulator. Yeah, um, there's a, a there's another D twenty or something titled one, uh, mm-hmm. but just how how they've grown and the functionality and and just I'm 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 amazed by them. It it is you're you're right. Um, you know, I with being part of that fancy grounds college, um, I actually got to to talk to quite a few people. Um, the actual like developers and, and the people that uh, that that build Fantasy Grounds, um, very very nice people, and I've got to work with some of them. Um, I wrote a quest on the DMs Guild with one of the guys that does all of the conversions for quests um, that you can find. It's called the Unknown Whom Two by a guy named Rob Rob Tui, uh, and he does all of the coding and stuff for for this thing. So so it, it's really neat to get it to to see it grow because when you got to it there was just a fancy grounds classic like when i got to it and they've now evolved it to one called fancy grounds unity and they're starting to give you all the line of sight options that weren't there before that the roll 20 had and this one didn't um and so it's giving you a lot more of the visuals where before it was just a lot more of the automation that worked better than the other ones yeah Um, yeah back yeah back back in my uh my my experience with it it was uh we had to download a client. It was not browser based, and it really all it really was at the end was a uh, just a, a dice roller um, and chat. I don't think there was a whole lot more. There, we might have had like you know uh, tokens, but it was not anything even close to mm-hmm. like the cl- like the, the what what is considered classic now or like the the baseline sure. roll twenty. It was you I, know I'm just amazed. So the one thing that I do find with it, though, is when you when you meet a lot of people online and you're going to these virtual games, and I find it happens in a lot more one shots than it does when you find people for campaigns. Um, but people that I find online is they think of it as they just go straight to Murder Hobo because you're looking at a computer screen. You think it's a video game. You know, you're you're rolling these dice by clicking a button and you're moving a token by dragging it with your mouse. And people forget that it's it's a role playing game. It's not about the visuals that you're looking at here. It's about closing your eyes and the visuals that are happening in your mind. Mm-hmm. That was oh, actually yeah. something I was on gonna, that one. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was something I was going to ask about because you said that, you know, you've only been doing this for four years uh, and you found the digital world relatively quickly. Yes. Um, so is so you would say that most of your experience has been in the digital world as opposed to kind of pen and paper tabletop. Oh, yeah. They, they, like, so they, I've only done maybe four or five sessions in real life with people. Everything else that I've done has been online with people, not even with video, just hearing voices. Um, yeah, and, and just wow. doing it all online. That's that's got to be really interesting. So, did you you started out with fifth edition? Yes. Okay. Have you gone back and learned any of the other editions? Just for I, fun I have anything? a little bit. I um I did a couple of one shots in I think what. Uh, 3.5 and 4.5 one of the um one of them had zero descriptions in all of the spells and attacks and things like that was that 3.5 hmm. 4.5 no um, i want to say that was probably three three okay so maybe it was three because that was actually my favorite and the reason that one was my favorite is because this game to me is about imagery and immersion and not having those spells there was like not having it tell me what it looked like it gave me the ability to tell them what it looked like i love that and it's it, you know i played in this one shot and and i can remember i don't remember what the spell was um but i was a i was a cleric and it was something with this cloud like a, it, that injured somebody and because there wasn't a description of it i remember it, i can close my eyes and see it because i, I loved the moment so much um, we were getting attacked by these things, and I decided to cast a spell. And I, you know, what it was, and it, I said the name of my god, uh, my deity, and it caused this big raven to appear in the sky. And as the raven flew overhead, it covered these enemies with the shadows. And that was the spell that happened. And that's where, like, when the shadow went over them, it hit them with that damage. And nice. you know, that imagery to me was just beautiful. Um, okay. And and being able to take all of these different abilities and spells that they've given names to. And now I can, you know, give my imagery to it. So I, I really enjoyed that about the about that system. That's very cool. That's definitely a geek point. So you're in this digital digital world. What have you? How have you? How have you kind of overcome that? Like, how do you get people to get out of video game mode and get into theater of the mind mode? So I've started working on. I, and it's it is very rough, you know. I've been working on it in the back of my mind more than anything. I don't really have much written out about it, but I and, it, and it's how I build things for people in my world um, when I build characters, and 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 I find it's something that I can implement to anywhere. And I'm calling it just I don't know if I can TM it or if there's something already made there, but I want to call it the world builder system because you know Feral world builder, and it's about immersion and imagery. And the more that you want to give me, you know, say I'm making a game for you and you get into a battle. Um, perfect example is I have um, one of my world builders is a woman named Ender and she plays this drunk monk. And, you know, sh the amount of research that she did into drunken boxing, when she fights in this game, she describes it out to me. Like, I, I can see it. I can close my eyes and a kung fu movie is happening. And I love it. And how much she describes out to me, I will give her bonuses. You know, she'll either get advantage or she'll get a plus two to the attack or a plus two to damage, depending on what it is she's describing out. So the more that people want to immerse and the more that people want to give me in that imagery, you know, don't talk to me outside, you know, just talk to me as your character. 
I'm listening. As a DM, I'm always paying attention. If you, you don't have to ask me to roll something. If you're talking to an NPC and you roll insight, I know what you're doing. You know, and if you can immerse yourself into that, it makes the, your DCs easier in my games. And so you can take that and you can add that to any system that's out there. You know, tell your people that, you know, if you, if you show me this, if, you, if I can close my eyes in this, you know, sitting here across the world from you in the computer, and you can give me this imagery in my mind instead of looking at this computer screen, your DCs are going to be easier in my game outstanding that's exactly what i did when you started to describe that spell it was like instinctual the eyes close yeah I, I do it all the time see it. Uh-huh. I, I, I try it's strange when i do stream games i find that i have to keep my eyes open um because <laughs> i don't want to just sit there on stream just with my eyes closed watching all these visuals in my mind which i do when i'm not on stream i i sit here with my eyes closed just you know living in this world and in in, in in trying to see this movie and this story in the you know, this epic tale that you guys are, are telling me. Because even though I'm the one DMing this, you know, you're the ones that are telling this story. I'm just facilitating this to you. I'm facilitating a world for you guys to tell a story in. Absolutely. Amen to that as yeah. a longtime DM. And I, I find myself constantly saying to people, it's like, yes, I'm the facilitator as the DM, but it's not my story. Mm-hmm. It's the party's story. Yeah. Geek point for you for for agreeing with me on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I I find myself doing that all the time. I'll be DMing and I'll be uh, explaining something, and I like to go into a lot of detail and I'll write stuff out, like as far as like descriptions of things beforehand. And I'll find mm-hmm. myself kind of as I'm talking to my players, I'm closing my eyes and I gotta like make sure to like make eye contact with my player. <laughs> You know, because we're sitting around a, a table. But yeah, it's a, that is, to me, that's the heart and soul of the game. It is. It is. You know, the, it, it's called the greatest role-playing game in the world for a reason, right? Yes. It's, it's a role-playing game. And, and that's one of the things that, that's lost, you know. It, so it, it's hard to find the right people to play with. Because um, I think that was your, your original question before we kind of went off on a tangent, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it, it's hard to find the right people to play with. I, I do a lot of time searching in, in looking online. I go through a lot of discords, looking at, looking for games, looking for players, um, looking for people that are writing the same thing that I'm looking for. You know, um, there's, there's a place that I go to called Table Story. I'm sure you guys know them. Um, they, uh, they're, 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 they've got a looking for game there, and I find a lot of my players from them. And the reason I started looking at some of these places where there's other streamers and people running these games is because the people that are watching these games are people that are looking for roleplay experience. You know, they're, they're there watching games that aren't about big battles and this. They're, they're there telling stories. And I find the people that look and post for games in those discords and in those places are looking to tell those same kind of stories. And they, they just haven't been able to find it. You know, it was the same as, you know, a lot of people that I find are like me four years ago. I've been wanting to do this for forever. I don't know where to go. I'm nervous about it. How do I feel safe going to play this game? And that's the, you know, I, I look for the people that are going to fit into what I'm doing. And, you know, if, if sometimes it doesn't work out and that's okay. You know, there's never any hard feelings to people if, you know, what I'm doing in my DMing, it doesn't work for you because I'm not very like, rule-based. I'm more about just telling a story. Um, there's lots of DMs on, the, on my Discord that are very rule-based if you're looking for something that is about that. Um, but 
you know, so I, I look for people and, and I search a lot and I send a lot of private messages out to people that are that are looking for these games. And I talk to them before I actually invite them to the Discord sometimes because, you know, my, my Discord to me is a very special place. Um, you, you know, it's become, it started like six months ago. As I opened it for five people to run a game for them in my world. And, you know, I was still working in the restaurant at that point. COVID kind of took over again and I wasn't feeling comfortable going to work. So I, you know, took this big plunge to make the change to try and stream and create full time. You know, ever since I started playing D&D and I started to be able to write and, and for some reason, it took off for me very quickly. Um, I, I, I was very I, I just I have to be creative and good at it. Um, I was a part of that Fancy Grounds College for about two months before I started doing the teaching there. And Nerdarchy approached me to do a little interview on me, which was like just out of nowhere. I started writing a couple games for them and stuff like that. And, and, and I just, I, I, I don't know where it came from. You know what I mean? I'm just some random dude that's been doing this for a couple of years. And I, I just have a passion for it, I guess. I don't know. But the Discord has become this, this family. And I want the people that are in there to fit into it. Um, there's a lot of people there um, that have those they, them pronouns and, you know, things like that. And that's important to me for them to have that that safe place. There's a lot of autistic people that I play with. You know, one of one of my DMs is this guy named Fairy Nate. Um, I met him on the Table Story Discord, and he is an autistic guy that has been looking for a place to be himself. The last game that he got to play in ended in a huge argument with them because they didn't understand his autism, and it made him kind of you know, not want to do some of these things. And I... I I, I've tried to give him somewhere where I, I hope that he feels that he's able to be himself. And he talks more in my Discord now than almost anybody. Aww, and and it's great. Cool. And, you know, and we got him doing a voice chat uh, where, where he's done, like, most of the games he plays are, are, are from text because that's where he's comfortable. But now he voice chats a system called Good Society with us. And if you've never heard Good Society, it's literally Jane Austen in a role-playing game. And oh, it wow. is so much, Yeah, it is so much fun. Um, I spend all of my time, I play a character, and it's my, he, he wanted to add a magic version to it, expansion to it. So I play this kind of seven-tailed fox named Bucci, and all I'm trying to do is get invited to this wedding, because I think it's going to get me prestige, and nobody wants me to come. So I literally spend three hours a week trying to get myself invited to a wedding, talking through just rumors and stuff like that, and it is so much fun. But to see him go from you know, the, the first time he got into this session to where he is now and the comfortableness of it, it it's so great. Um, and, and it's kind of, you know, I was talking to some of my world builders today about this. Um, it, I, I started doing the streaming thing because I thought that's what I wanted to do. Um, and then the Discord was going to kind of be a, an extension of that. But I think it's kind of the other way around, where I think the Twitch is going to be an extension of the Discord. because. World Builder was more about building these D&D worlds, these tabletop worlds, but now it's just about be building a world for people to be safe in. You know, this Discord for people to come to and just find a place where, you know, everybody's going to talk to you, no matter who you are. You know, if you, if you get excited about things and you say it several times in a week, nobody cares because it's you. You know, just be you, and that's good enough. And that's what we preach to everybody in the place. You know, like you had mentioned about the tavern that, um, that I offered you. 
uh, that's something that I offer to everybody that gets in there. You know, whether you sell something online, especially at these times with COVID, when you can't open your stores and stuff like that, everybody that comes into my Discord is able to get a tavern for themselves where they can promote themselves, promote their stream, promote their wares, whether, you know, ceramics, um, any, any artwork, whatever it is. And we've had people fill up their commissions. Um, we've had people, you, you know, and, and that is so heartwarming for me to see. It's that's where, you know, my geekdom is going to is going to go. It's going to be giving a place for other geeks to feel comfortable. Wow. I, I, I have to inter- I have to interject here uh, as the father of an autistic child. Um, I a geek point doesn't do it for me, um, but you have my respect because it a, a place for people to do something that they love that they have passion for mm-hmm. where they're not going to face that judgment that we all know is outside those doors oh my god so much stuff <laughs> yeah so m- m- my respect for that well, well, thank you. And, you know, if you want to invite him to the Discord to come play in any of these games, he you're welcome with an open heart. Well, it's it, it's she. And oh, oh, sorry. I apologize. Uh, I thought, uh, if, no, it's, it's okay. That's It's perfectly okay. Uh, no, she has zero interest. No. <laughs> well, even if she just wants a place to come hang out, you know, they, there's a lot of people that aren't there to just play games. You know, like it, it's not just about that anymore. It's just about people that want to have somewhere to hang out. I am. So, yeah. I am rarely speechless, and I am speechless. Like I am, I'm so impressed. That is yeah. such a wonderful thing. That is something that we talk about a lot on this show about inclusivity I'm- and about reaching out to people and that is just amazing you know um sorry sorry go right ahead i was just gonna say is uh, your your theories uh, your your policy i'm trying to think of the word it reminds me of the when we started our not safe for wizards campaign i did uh the first prologue episode i did was like it's titled about my players yeah um and uh at the time uh one of one of, one of our players is, is definitely on the spectrum. Um, she'd played with us previous campaign and she was playing with us in this campaign. And, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure when I was laying out what this podcast was going to be like that, you know, we're real people, you know, for people who have, uh, you know, medical issues or people who have, you know, various uh, you know, various gender identities or sexual uh, orientations or, you know, the cross the spectrum. And it was just to give a, a basically do what you're doing is to say, this is the space for people, for everybody to play this game. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I am also like, well, where I'm just, you know, a geek point doesn't seem enough. Um, but, and, and honestly, Having been a member of your uh, of your community now for a couple mm-hmm. weeks, it's incredible. It is honestly incredible, and that's a reflection of of you and you know what you are bringing to the general community of gamers. And you know, thank you. We we you're very welcome. You, you know, I we we started the tavern, and people just came in, and like I you know, and and 
I posted some of our best of, you know, the episodes we feel are, are better representations. And looking at the analytics, the numbers just started moving. And it was like, wow, it wasn't just like, you know, a place to go promote yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, shout into the void. These are people who actually care. And, you know, I've been reached out in, in you know, DMs from people who are interested in being on the show or great. So, yeah. Yeah, that that you know, tribe, <laughs> you know, it does. It, it, does. It, it makes me it makes me proud. Um, <laughs> I, I it, it's so strange. So change is hard for me. You know, if anybody was to watch my my game, my Monday, my Saturday day campaign, it's called the first stage. You know, Herestria is actually my my inner world. If you were to take the word hysteria and you know mm-hmm. rearrange it around a little bit, it comes to Herestria. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of always been my internal struggle. You know, if you if you were to take the lore of my world and read about it, the first 30 people born into it are all just single emotion people. And um, change is the one person that could stop and, you know, make this world a better place. But he's also the person that gets locked away in this prison. Um, and, you know, that's me. I've, I've always had this this fear of change. And, you know, and I did really well for myself. I, I've been in the restaurant industry for 25 years. Um, I've built many communities in those, in, those, in those restaurants. And it's so great to be able to take that because I was so worried, you know, what, what was I going to be able to do when I left the restaurant? I, it's all I've known for like more than half of my life. Um, you know, I worked in one restaurant for 15 years. When I was 15, I started as a dishwasher and I left there 30 as a general manager. Wow. And yeah. Um, and, and, and it was the greatest experience, you know, the, 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 the guy that owned it, this guy, his name is Danny Farakuti. Um, he taught me so much about life and about how to be a host and how to pe- treat people with respect and, um, and, and how to, 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 you know, build this, this community within this restaurant, because that's what it was. It was just this little independent restaurant. It's not a big chain or anything like that, but we were busy. Um, and, and he told me a lot of that had to do with me and, and, and it's always hard to, you know, it's hard to take compliments and believe them and stuff like that. But eventually you start to believe that you can build these things. And, you know, eventually another restaurant came and recruited me and I went to them, you know, 25 years, I only actually worked in three restaurants. Um, it's impressive in the restaurant industry. It it is. It doesn't happen very often, but I'm, I'm a loyal person, uh, loyal to a fault. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the, the last place I worked in, I, I really got to do that. I built this community. Um, I, I took this restaurant and, you know, I, I was able to become partners and just make this place my own. And um, I've been able to take that and take it into the community on the Discord. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do that crossover because it, it's hard to get to know people without the, you know, I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that if you were, if we were sitting here in voice chat right now, I would be sitting here going through looking between your eyes because that's how you connect with people. You know, you, you, you the soul is through the eyes. And you, when you talk to people, you show them respect by looking them in the eyes. And it's hard to do that online. How do you talk to people through text messages and make them feel that you are honest and pure in, your, in, in what you're trying to say? Um, it, it's hard to do that, but somehow, you know, and, and I can't, and I can't, and I can never just take credit for it. I can't just say that I built this place and, you know, it is what it is. It's everybody in it. 
everybody in there, I could literally sit here and name off to you all 83 people that are in there. There's 87 people, but four of them are bots. But I can name them all off to you. And, you know, between the private conversations that we've had, I feel like I know them all. Um, I feel like they're all my family and my friends. And, you know, it, it, it's so nice to, to, so to get a little bit more real here for a moment. Um, on, I, I kind of hit for a moment. Oh, and, and by the way, I do go by he, him, because I know that's something you guys do like to, to pronounce and, and to say. Um, we talked about it and then we all forgot yeah, about it. Yeah, and then we all forgot about it. <laughs> so it just kind of this, this. So, so um, Dungeon Muster is the person that introduced me to you guys. Yep. And they are an amazing person. I don't, I'm sure you guys don't need to, to be told that. You've had them on. Um, on Friday, they had somebody drop out of speaking on their stream for Tidor. And I'm just starting to learn about all this stuff. You know, I've had friends that, that were gay and things like that, but I never really thought about it in, outside of the world. And they invited me to come onto their stream and read these names. And... Um, I, I will apologize now if I do start to cry because this has been a very uplifting experience for me. Um, and I felt so humbled. I felt so, you know, I closed my eyes that night and I saw faces and I saw names. And the next day I woke up just feeling crushed. I <laughs> felt like I needed to put on a cape and go save the world. And I can't, you know, I can't save the world. And I, you know, I was supposed to run a game. It was my wife's birthday. And I felt more depressed than I had in, you know, a long time. And I felt like I just wanted to do all this stuff. But the people on the Discord, oh my god, the output of love and support that I got from them, the amount of messages and just, you know, it was so amazing. And it, it's real. You know, they're, they're, they are my real family. And there's nothing that anybody can say to change that. You know, I love them all. You all know who you are. And, um, and yeah, they, you know, I, I couldn't ask for a better place and for better people. You know, yeah. we, we, uh, we old timers sometimes, uh, get negative about the online stuff. You know, we're hardcore tabletop, da da da. But you know what? The, the online community has been such a blessing to bring people together in a way that we never could have before. You know, mm -hmm. and we need to give credit where credit is due with that. And yes, it is all the people, but it also is people like you that bring those people together. The people that are the nexus. And that's what you are. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. You're making mm -hmm. me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think this is going to get real for a moment here. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, do you know what? I, I don't know how to live any other way other than my heart on my sleeve. You know, I've, yep. I've always Welcome been that way. Club. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I've always been, you can look at my face at any time and know what I'm feeling. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We're all like that too. We get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, my wife and I started talking that day and we had some really great talks. Is it, is it good to start talking again? Yeah. 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 And um, we started talking that day about, about this, you know, about, about how I was feeling. Um, and we decided that once COVID's done, you know, like I, I don't want to go back to the restaurant at this point. You know, it's, it's something that I've loved and I will still love it for the rest of my life, but I, it's time to move on and do something different. And we've decided that once COVID's done, you know, she, she's a nurse. Um, so she already does more in this world right now than, than most people need to, to, to do. But um, we're going to start doing as much nonprofit stuff as we can. Just go out there and be allies and try to help and get as much knowledge um, 
and just do whatever we can to help people in need, you know, not just um, the trans community, but just anybody who's looking for help, you know, that's, that's what the discord is going to become. It started as a tabletop discord and, you know, a place for these, these geeks to come and be themselves, but it's going to become more than that now. And that all came from just Friday. Like I, I've never felt so humbled to be on this stage, reading these names of these people that deserve so much more. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. That's, yeah. Yeah. So, good, you know, good. I mean, and that's, you know, that's something that is the, this sort of transformational thing that comes out of building a community. I mean, you know, Meowster, uh, you know, they have been just incredible with introducing us to other people, you know, you, um, the Alex, the boy king of Idaho. I mean, just uh, a few other folks where, like, all of a sudden, like, I am so intrigued with what these folks are doing with their various geekdoms, what they're doing with their various skills and talents. And you, sir, are right on that list. Um, Thank you. <laughs> you. Go, go, go right ahead. I was going to say, when, when, uh, when you're ready, I would really love to hear about your world. You said you've been building this sure. world yeah. for yeah. four years. I yeah, want to hear okay. about this you, world. Where, where do you want me to start? <laughs> I, 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 I was like, okay, well, let's, let's shift gears back to, so, you know. Because so, um, I could literally talk for the rest of this show. <laughs> Just <laughs> my world. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll, I'll give you a brief. I'll, I'll give you the, the opening of it, I guess, because it kind of describes where, where it started. Um, so they, where my world started is there was these, these six different galaxies, these six different realms. Um, there was five deities that were in each of them. Subris, Oemis, Idia, um, uh, Evzin, and Onera. And they were each these oh, their own entities. They didn't know anything about each other. And the sixth realm was just his empty realm. Um, they sat in, these own, in their own realms for eons, never knowing about each other. And one day, Subris felt this pull. He felt something from outside his realm. And he found a way to open this wormhole, open this portal, and leave his and empty or and, and enter this empty one. He entered this empty realm. There was nothing there. But the other four deities, the other four in these other realms, um, felt that pull and found their ways to open up this this wormhole, this portal. And for the first time, these five gigantic, massive just beings met each other. They couldn't really understand each other for the first couple hundred years. They all talked in their own grunts and sounds and clicks and noises. Um, they eventually found a way to communicate with each other with a language called uh, that I named Gekik. Um, and in doing that, they've you know finally realized and talked, and they've decided that they want to build this world. They want to take this empty realm and make it something that's all of theirs. It's a little piece of all of them. But they can't figure out what the right way to do it is. So they get into this big, massive war. These five deities are just fighting each other in this big open space for, you know, I, I can't remember how many eons it goes on for. I think it was 137 years or something like that. I can't remember how exactly how long. Um, but they, they start gaining all these powers because they never used anything like this before. They just sat in their realms before, just, you know, walking amongst their wild lives and things like that. Um, and so they got even stronger. They can never beat each other. They're all just as strong as one another. Eventually, they went back to their own realms to regroup, to repower, to, to think of you know, a new plan. They came back refreshed. 
and they all kind of charged into the middle of this world in this big you know like like all those fists colliding in the center of it and in that explosion of power it built this world this this ball of gas started to expand the stars went into the sky um three moons and or sorry three suns and two moons shot up and this world this um called CU, which is an abbreviation of all their names, S-E-E-I-O, um, was born. They then started to, you know, Subris took his foot and started stamping down in the water, and this big island of Herestria was born. They then, you know, created this knife, this dagger of DNA, or that I call it, and they all slit their hands, putting a little bit of their DNA into this knife. Uh, Onera, um, she put the dagger down on the ground, set a magic spell over it, and in this mist of blood, Selene was born, the first daughter of the deities. They put her into this world and said, create, this is yours, build us a utopia. We're going to go back away, we're going to leave you here, and this, you know, when this utopia is done, we will come back and you know, give peace to it all, we'll you know, give you our blessings, we'll be part of this world. Um, Selene then gave birth to the first 30, I call them the first bloods, and they were all the emotions, um, survival, fear, um, ambition, balance, courage, change, um, all these different emotions were put out into the world and they went out and they built um, the towns and the cities. And once the architecture of the world was done, Selene allowed them to use this dagger, this DNA knife that had now her blood in it to build all of them to cut themselves. And they gave, gave birth to, a, you know, 150,000 of each of them. And then all of those children started to intermingle. They all started to, you know, the DNA started to, to, to cross, you know, fear, um, crossbred with courage and then crossbred with balance. And that's how all of the complex emotions that we now have in the world came about. Um, they started from these single emotions and then went about this, you know, becoming complex. Um, but what my quest is, is, you know, change gets locked away. Um, I won't tell you who locks him away because that's spoilers for everybody. Um, but change gets locked away and this cycle happens. There's this big world tree that he gets locked under. It's, you know, 300,000 feet tall. And the entire canopy covers the entirety of the island. You live in this constant state of twilight, which isn't dark to you because it's normal. It's just normal light. Um, but this tree is a prison and nobody knows it. Nobody knows it's under there. Um, Selene has a way of wiping everybody's memory when this cycle starts again um, or when the cycle ends um, because she doesn't want people to live in fear. It's supposed to be its utopia. And this cycle is, you know, the first bloods being reborn again and trying to find a way to finish it. There's two ways to finish my quest. You can fully pay attention to what I'm saying because I tell everybody to, you know, pay attention to the words that I use because everything that I say in character is an NPC is there for a reason. All of these NPCs that I play and have written are there for a reason. And if you pay attention, you can stop this cycle for good or you can just, you know, put him back in his prison and you know the cycle starts over again so there's a couple different ways to actually end my quest there's you know the real way and then there is the you know start the cycle over have Very you considered cool. writing a book sir? <laughs> um so i i have i do actually write some books in my i'm starting to write some books in my world i'm writing a book called the tales of Vesper. you can actually read it on my discord if you're there i don't keep it secret from everybody it's out there for everybody to read and um it's a tale of a mouse a little mouse named Vesper Miomi. 
um, if you were to look in your Discord, it's the little um, emote that I put there. That's my Vesper love emote. Oh. And Vesper is the reincarnation of balance, the, you know, the first blood of balance. Because in my world, everybody has something called a soul quest. And you may not know what your soul quest is, but unless you finish it, your soul is reborn over and over again until you find a way to finish it. So Vesper being balance is one of the most important souls in my world, if not the most important soul in my world, because she finds balance to the world. And, um, you know, she's been hidden away in these different animals and different small critters throughout these last couple ages and cycles because of how valuable she is. Um, and so it's the story of this little mouse that literally saves the world. Um, it's, I've, I've got a couple chapters of it written out now. It, it kind of got pushed to the side a little bit as everything else got super, super busy. But in my, I am going to be writing all this stuff into a book. I do want to create a, a world of Herestria book for everybody. Um, I feel so awkward doing it because that's not what I ever want anybody to think I'm about. But, I, but people have been asking me for it, so I had to do it. So I started a Patreon, and everything that comes through that is going to be going down towards artwork and um, characters, buildings, so I can put this built together for everybody and give it to them. And anybody that's part of that Patreon, you know, they get, um, I haven't decided if it's going to be a book just for free or, you know, a 75% discount for being part of it and helping me get to it. But that, that is something that I have been thinking about and working on for quite a while. It's amazing. I, I can't wait to hear the progress on that. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm very proud of it. You know, I... We just finished, so, so when, I, when I normally run it, I run in the year 1371, um, because this cycle is supposed to happen every 50 years. But this time, you know, we, what, it, what it is, is when the leaves start to fall from this big world tree, the prison starts to lose its power, and Othax can get out and try to affect his change again. And um, it, it usually happens every 49 years. You know, every 49 years, the, the tree goes away and you're this well-bred champion you've been you know you're now a 49 year old person that's been going through this world for forever and you're nice and big and strong but this time it's 21 years into the cycle and the first leaf has fallen from the tree and nobody knows why so you're not this big powerful thing you're just this 21 year old guy just starting out and you don't have this big power to do it and to get anywhere but um, because I don't really use five year or anything like that, I, I do do something called family bond, uh, family bonding, because you're all these first bloods, you all have the same deity blood. The more that you guys bond as characters, the more boons you actually get in game. You know, the first boon is um, you, if you're standing beside somebody, one of your other first bloods, you get a plus one to AC. Little things like that. Um, being in that comes down to how much you guys want to role play together. If you guys choose to not role play together, you're never going to get powerful enough to, to finish this game the right way. So I, I try to really get people to want to become these families as you're traveling through this game in a lot of role play with each other by giving them extra bonuses for doing it. That is so cool. I, I, I love that. Like, I'm going, you know, I, I do, I need to do, I need to do more of that. I need, but I don't want to steal it. No, feel free to take anything, anything that I do. Feel, feel free. <laughs> I, you know, I, whatever I can put out there in the world for people to use, like, it, it's, it's not for me. You know, the things that I write are for you guys. So um, feel free to take anything that I, I, I use and write. There's a lot of world lore that I have out there um, in my Discord feel free to go through and read it and take it and make it your own somehow. 
go for it. That is so there's cool. A, there's a great line in <clears throat> the West Wing uh, <laughs> that that is perfectly apropos here. It's a uh, good writers borrow from great writers. Great writers steal outright. <laughs> well, I, I won't lie. Everything in my game is based off of my love of you know Final Fantasy and Zeldas and all those things. All of the the Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, everything is a trope. I, I think I got the 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 tree from Shannara Chronicles. You know, like all of these places and all of these things in my world are bred off of somewhere else. I think I got the plus one to AC from Fire Emblem. You know, because you build those bonds with those characters and you gain bonuses from it. I, and and I don't even know if I thought about those things when I was building it, but there it, it's just this big amalgamation of all of my love of nerdy video games. You know, like even though I wasn't that D and D nerd when I was a kid, um, if I could tell a fun story here, real quick. So, um, when I was, I think I was about nine or ten years old. Uh, when the Super NES came out in '88, yeah, '88. So I was eight years old. I had a friend, his name was Samuel Hershorn, and his dad, his name was David. He, he owned this little video game store in this place, in this neighborhood that we grew up in. And a week before it came out, I got to take home a Super Nintendo and play Super Mario Brothers. I was just this little kid. And being like, it, it took my love of video games over the edge. I was a, you know, by the time I was 10, 11 years old, I had a key to this guy's store. I worked behind the counter. I just went in there on weekends and I stood behind there selling video games and stuff just so I could get a discount. There was <laughs> arcade machines there and stuff like that. And that's what I spent all my weekends doing. It was a little store called In Advance. And, you, you know, it was such a great experience. He was such a nice man. And to, to like, he, like, who gives an 11 year old kid a bank deposit to run to the bank and go do? But he, he believed in me for some reason. And he let me help him run this little video game store. And, you know, so that's, that's, I guess, where my geekdom started was back then. That's very cool. Uh, that's... That, that's definitely a geek point. <laughs> um, living the dream. <laughs> yeah. Like, what eight-year-old kid gets to play a Super Nintendo a week before it gets released in Canada? You know, like, that's insane. So it, it, it's a very, it was a very yeah. neat way to get introduced to stuff like that. Um, and, I, and I fell in love with them ever since. You know, I remember sitting there come like running home from days of school with video games paused because I was worried that the save wasn't going to work. Oh man. That, and that was a legitimate fear on the old Nintendo systems. Like, you know, you didn't, it didn't quite save right. And you, you're, you're done. That was it. All those hours just can't or, tell you. Or tell even you before they had save files, yes. you know, think about going through like something like millions quest and, and you have to go through something like that, like the whole way. Like mm. those, like games were so much harder back then. You, you just know there was none of this. You die and you just respawn kind of thing. I, I liked when you had lives. I don't think I've ever played a game harder than the Lion King on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> I think I know they had a version of the Lion King on the Super Nintendo. I don't know. It was. I think it was their. It might have been like their Godfathers or something like that. Here's here's the dirty little secret about me. I am. A huge geek and a huge nerd in a whole lot of ways. Unfortunately, video games flipped through with me for some traumatic and we won't talk about it reasons. Um, so I don't know video games that well, you know. Uh, and it's it's such a core um, to to the geek universe. 
uh, is is playing video games, and it's not something that I I have knowledge of. So I I relate things mostly through my kids. Um, mm. And I also have the most ridiculous memory on the planet. Like I have a terrible memory. <laughs> so I'll be like, I think my kids played that. What did they play? I have no idea because <laughs> their 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 godfather uh, was the one that kind of picked up that that torch for me. Uh, and and introduced them to that world and and all of that stuff and and helped me kind of get over some some trauma and some fears. But I have like and I I I, I don't talk about it much because some people are like turn over your geek card. You don't play video games, you know. <laughs> Doesn't matter that I can recite every word of Star Wars. I I don't play video games. So see see now I'm going to give you a geek point for that. <laughs> I'm going to give you a geek point for that because you never gave up on wanting to to get to the point where you could be something where you're talking about them and, and things like that. So, so I'm going to give you a geek point for that because geeks no. don't give up. Yeah, no, that, that's true. I, I, and and I, I'm, I fell out of console gaming for a long time because I had the, Ninten- I had the NES. And when the Super Nintendo came out, I remember going and asking my mother, for that for you know christmas birthday whatever and her first question was so will it play all those games i've just bought you over the last several years uh and when the answer was no yeah that that shut that down so there was some computer gaming for a while but not a lot um i didn't really get back in until like playstation 2 and by that point i just didn't really i mean i i enjoyed seeing Mm -hmm. the games but I just don't, and I also have, a, I have, a, I get motion sick with first-person shooters okay. uh, or, or first-person games, I should say. So it, it just, but uh, I definitely, I mean, I, I definitely love, I love the cinematics. And that's one of the things Kayla and I have commented on where like you see the, uh, some of the trailers for these games, especially like back when we used to go to the movies and yeah. they'd have like a trailer for whatever game. And Kayla's like, is this something that's coming out? Is this a movie? What what is this? To the end and figure out it was a game, and I'd be like, "Damn, I just want to see the movie of that." Right. <laughs> see, for me, I I never really cared much about the graphics and the visuals of games. Um, I was always somebody that played for a story, or you know, like 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 a Legend of Zelda. It was kind of like an untold story. You could still feel it as you're going through this quest. Um, that's like like for me, Final Fantasy has always been my all-time favorite go-tos. You know, the oh, yeah. storytelling in them has been amazing. Final Fantasy VI and when the world ended and corrupted and turned into that 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 disheveled place, you know, that blew my mind back then. <laughs> I yeah. could not believe it. Um, and and I've always just been a console gamer, and, and I think it's mostly because I've always been that you know up until that four four years ago that closet nerd. So I did a lot of my console gaming just home to myself. Um, you know, people knew that I liked to, to play games, but I don't think anybody knew the extent of how much I actually played at home. Like, there, yeah, I don't know if you guys know a game named Binding of Isaac. I probably have like 2,500 hours playing that game. Oh, wow. <laughs> it, it, I, I, I could sit there on my Vita, just sitting on the, like, on the couch watching something, just playing that game for hours. And I did it so, so much. Between all the different iterations of it, you know, it's not it, but I, I love to play video games very, very, very much. And it's weird to, to finally be this streamer 
and to find that now I don't have time to play video games. I got uh-huh. a job where all I'm going <laughs> to do is play video games, and I don't have time to play video games. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, it happens like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get busy doing the thing, you know, for it. Yeah, it's, that's something that happens. Are you finding time, or are you... I, I am. Finding- I, I mean, I'm, I'm finding time, but I find that I, whenever I go to play a game now, I just go on stream to do it. I find that I'm not just playing them for me anymore. And I'm not losing my love of it because of it. It's just something new. Um, and, and it's good because I'm trying to find a way to, to, to show people these things, right? Like, I, I want to show people my love of games. Um, and, and so, I, yeah, you'll, you'll never see me playing what's popular. Like, right now I'm playing Tales of Zisteria, which, even if you know the Tales games, that's, like, considered one of the worst ones. But I love the story of it. So, you know, you're not coming for that game if you're coming to watch me play. You're going to come in and just, just to hang out with me. Um, in which is where I think that the Twitch is becoming the, the extension of the Discord now. You know, they're not coming for the games. They're coming to, to just talk to me. Because I talk all over, you know, even though there's a story going on in this role-playing game, I spend all my time talking over it, just responding to people in chat. Because that's, that, that's more fun for me. You know, if I'm playing this game with, I, I want to feel like I'm playing with you guys, not for you guys. If that makes sense. No, that, uh, that, that totally definitely does. So yeah, um, so I, it's weird. Um, and, and I don't find that I'm missing the games because I'm spending so much more time playing tabletop games now. So it's just a different type of gaming that I'm doing. So that's where I actually kind of dovetails nicely into what I was going to ask you. So you are running how many tabletop games? Uh, so I run. Tuesday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so I run five games a week, and then I play in... So all, all five of those games that I run are in my Herestria. On top of that, I play in two Call of Cthulhu games and a Pathfinder game. So I, I play in... I play in... I run five, and I run... And I play in three a week. I... I wow, I thought we played a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like this is this has become my whole world, you know. Um, and it's it's so strange. It it's so weird to think that this is something that is becoming viable. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I, yeah. I I I don't I don't I I don't understand it. I don't understand how it is or why it is. You know, I kind of gave myself this timeline. And and you know, when Joseph and I first started talking, I'm a completely open book, so I I don't mind talking about anything here. But I, you know, I, I never thought that it was going to get this big so quickly. I kind of gave myself to the end of October. I started about, a, about a, at the beginning of September. And I gave myself to maybe the end of October to try and maybe be close to be hitting affiliate. About a week before October hit, I was an affiliate. Nice. And I have no idea how or why it happened. It just did. And it's just been going ever since. You know, somehow I'm sitting on Twitch with, 28 subs or something like that i i don't i and, and it, it 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 makes me feel so humble that anybody wants to come and watch me do anything i don't i don't know why and i thank everybody from the bottom of my heart that comes and watches and listens you know comes talks to me in the discord you you know i watch and i'm going to say this here so it's out in the world you guys don't have to subscribe to me you don't have to come and put things on my patreon or anything like that just come talk to me and just share your world with me and that is all that i want um you know, I, I, they keep telling me that they're going to, they want me to do these things, but I, I don't care about that. I really, really don't. And I'm going to put that on here. So it's literally out on the internet for everybody to hear. 
that that's not what my place is about. It's about just giving you guys a place to come hang out. I, and I, I would think that, you know, if from earlier in this conversation, you, you didn't pick up on that you just are genuinely about community. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that I think went without being said, but uh, I, uh, wow, I'm, I'm like the amount of games running and playing. And then, so you, you've kind of said it a few times now. So the games you're running yourself are not specifically in 5e, correct? Or in your own no. homebrewed? They're in my own homebrew. Um, so I, I kind of started using 5e for the base of creating characters when I originally started doing this. Um, but now I don't even do that anymore. When I do character creation with people, I just get them in a conversation and we talk about, okay, so where in the world are you from? Give them a map and we talk about a place. And then we talk about, um, you know, who are you? Because when, when you start in my world, you're this 21-year-old person. There's only a couple things that I tell you have to be in your story. And one of them is, is that you're found when you're three years old and you're now 21 years old and you've just lived this normal life. You have no idea who you are. You don't know that you're this deity blood. And then we figure out somewhere where in the world you are. And I don't just do something small where we build your character. We build a small town that you're from. You know, we don't have to build everybody that's in there, but we build one or two people that you're bonded to, whether the people that found you or whether there are and like there's been some people have had animals that have found them and things like that. But we build you a home because at some point you're going to get to this place in the world and there's going to be personal side quests that I built in the world for you based around the people that we've created in your character creation. But what we do is we just kind of it's almost classless where we we talk about who you think this person is and we build abilities for you. Um, in one of the last iterations of the game that I started, um, somebody wanted to be a time mage. So I built them a time mage class. My favorite spell in it is one called uh, See the Future. It's a level two spell. And in, it, in a battle, he can cast it on an enemy and he can see what that enemy's line of movement is going to be for this next turn. And no matter what the player tells all of the other people, you know, they can move uh, into a spot where they're going to be able to take opportunity attacks, get out of the way, whatever they want to do. That enemy has to take that line of movement. Um, so I, I just like to take things that you want to play as and find a way to build it into my world for you. So, you know, all the spells and abilities and stuff we come up with, I tell people, listen, if you know, if you don't want to be this creative, that's completely fine. Find something in 5e that you'd like. And what we'll do with that is you'll give it to me and I'll turn it into something based around my world. It'll have the same kind of effects, but the, you know, the imagery of it is something that I want to be based around my world. And, and that's how we build people for it. Super cool. I love spending that kind of time figuring out what a character is. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so cool. I kind of did that when I made Jade, didn't I? I made, yeah, made up our hometown. That's that's how for for the campaign world for Not Safe Wizards for for Velter, mm -hmm. that's how I've approached it. Is you know is you know you know we're a little more you know five e based, but it was tell me where's your character from? What what's the name of the town? How far is it from? You know this the city that I'm we're using as the as the main you know the the initial oh. setting. Yeah. Um. And and I actually was doing that uh, earlier today with the our, our newest player. We added uh, Diana Morgan with uh, for Celeste. Uh, we were working out some of her 
backstory information. And it, she, she was like, okay, what's, you know, she was like, is there a naming convention for a place that's like, uh, no, you, you tell me the name of it. You, mm-hmm. you gave me a generalized location in the world where you're from, but you tell me the name of the, of the town and everything. And it, I find one, um, I think I want to say I picked up that, that technique from, uh, there was an article in, uh, a dragon or dungeon magazine back, probably was dungeon that, uh, Chris Perkins wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically it was about let your players build your world. Um, yeah. And it's, and I think it also does, it also takes a borrows, I borrowed a little from the, the dungeon world, uh, basis of, you know, uh, leave blank spaces on the maps for the players to, to fill out. Yes. And, uh, I have borrowed heavily from dungeon world. Uh, a friend of mine, Ryan, uh, kind of got me onto some of that, like the, uh, the character bonds, um, that are part of dungeon world. And I, and I guess, I guess they're part of almost all of the powered by the apocalypse games. The, you know, you have bonds between, you know, a character, you know, between two characters, um, in the powered by the apocalypse world stuff. You gain XP when you are able to fulfill or, or uh, I don't want to say succeed, but basically, you know, you, you fulfill that bond, you can gain a point of experience, you know, gain experience points, and then you develop a new bond with someone else. And uh, didn't quite go that far, but uh, when we started, you know, when we started the, the, the campaign, I didn't want to do the, you meet in a tavern, you, you don't know each other, mm-hmm. have at it. It was... You guys have been working together all summer and fall. Winter is about to start. Winter is bad here. It's like, uh, I think I might even use the, the the description was, it's like, you know, northern Minnesota up to and through like the prairie provinces of Canada. Okay. Uh, so, you know, for, for those of us in Florida, that just sounds ridiculously cold. And, uh, I don't remember what that kind of cold feels like. I really don't. I love that. I love the cold. I'm much more of a winter person than a summer person. <laughs> Funny enough, so was I for a long time. I went to I went to school in Chicago, uh, and then I, I lived in New York City for a bit. I, I liked cold weather, but I don't know now if I could if I could deal with it with like digging out car digging out the car and and all that good stuff. It just cold weather is a nice place to visit. Yeah, but that's because I was born in South Florida. Uh, but my family's from Michigan, so that's exactly what we did, is we went and visited winter. <laughs> my dad has a place out in uh, in Naples that he stays at half the year now. So uh, we go every once in a while. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, you, are, so yeah. you know Florida. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Florida's great. You know, um, <laughs> I remember when I used to go visit there for vacation when we were kids. One of the things that stands out in my mind, and I don't know why this stands out or why it even happened, but I remember driving into this parking lot of this hotel and there was thousands of frogs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, that's Florida. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially if it was a rainy season, man. Yeah. They are everywhere. I was like, is a plague <laughs> happening here, Dad? You know, it was it was definitely interesting. But I'll never, you know, that will stand. I can close my eyes. I can see all those frogs sitting on that, on that, you know, on that in that parking lot. It's what I do best, you know. I, I'm people. For some reason, people it's enjoy me as a DM. Again, it's one of these things that I, I don't get, but I'm decently good at. Because here's here's the thing, and and I can and you can you can 100% lose me a geek point for this. 
I do not read Dragon Magazine. I don't read any of like like the only actual book that I've ever read in tabletop games is the player's handbook. <laughs> Everything else I've just done from from me. You know all of the things that like you know like all of these the the the, the world building and stuff like that. Um, I've never had anybody showing me how to do this stuff. It's just things that if, you know, when I think about if I was going to be a player in my game, what would I want done for me? And and so that's where I think that there's so many other people that are probably better at this than me that have been doing this for longer and stuff like that. But for some reason, a lot of people tell me that I'm good at this. And so I wanted to share that with people. If people think I'm good and the stories I tell are, are worth hearing, then As why not share that As someone who has been people? given shit for making shit up, and not going by the rules in D&D, and still I'm a DM, I have the absolute utmost respect for that. And that's a geek point. I am someone who I've read, you know, I, I think, and I've said this to Kayla before, to, to run a game of D&D, all you need to really have read is the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, if you then want to, you know, deal with the monsters and stop watching the monsters manual, that's you know that's just a, that's more of a tool than anything but like the dmg and i i told Kayla this when she started dming she was like do i need to read this i'm like not really because you know the first half of it is the cosmology of the standard dnd universe and if you're doing a homebrew it's not really necessary mm-hmm. you know and then almost everything else in in the dmg is you know optional rules for like adding things like madness or how to make the game you know how to change it from to a, a grittier uh you know grittier game so like healing isn't quite as fast or you know magic doesn't or you know uh, long rests are weeks and short rests are days and you know it's there's a lot of there's a lot of things um that are more guidelines than like it's not like the DMGs used to be having, you know, being someone who's who's DM through multiple editions. The DMGs back in the day were a lot more. Well, these are rules that the DM needs to know. Yeah, um, I think almost anything you need to know to DM is right there in the player's handbook. Uh, but I and let's be honest, you don't even really need the player's handbook. No. All you will, all you really need, and all that I found is you, is the you know the want to 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 describe a world and to play a character that's not you. That's all that you really need. I mean, Sometimes I, the player's I, I handbook just interfaces that concept. Yes, because that's you know that's the other thing. Not everybody is is as creative as you know as as somebody like me and you and stuff like that. You know, not everybody has the ability to to sit there and just you know come up with like and and anybody who's built a world will I hope they they agree with me on this naming things is the hardest thing oh ever. my god <laughs> trying to name things and have them work in the world and just have it like, fit with people and person like I, I I spend so much time trying to name a personality it's it's yes. weird yes will you sounded like you were gonna say something. Uh, yeah, I, I go back to one of my favorite games that I ever played in. We didn't even use dice. It mm-hmm. was free-form storytelling, and you would play a character, and there would be somebody who would poke the story along, and it would be, okay, you're coming up against these pack of wolves. What do you do? Well, I, I swing my sword at one. Okay, so you swing your sword, and maybe you hit, maybe you don't. But the more wild and elaborate thing that you can come up with, the better chance you have of work of, of it working out for you. 
-hmm. and it leads to really really interesting things like uh this is it's a spellcaster well i'm going to create a lake okay how big of a lake the biggest lake you can imagine okay everybody roll a saving everybody tell me how you're going to get away from this gigantic worldwide ocean that just appeared under Mm -hmm. your feet (laughs) and it would just turn into we're bored we're gonna you know we're gonna mess around and it turned into just freeform storytelling and if you can think of it and it sounds cool and it's kind of plausible sure Mm -hmm. that's that's great you know that reminds me kind of uh so so on friday um one of my games wasn't able to happen i i've got six players in that game and three of them weren't able to show up so i gave them an option i said you know we can do some mundane things around the world and not continue the story i can put you through a random battle that maybe happens in your dreams or something like that and you get a boon if you win or i could just make you up a one shot on the spot kind of thing and of course everybody always takes a one shot on the spot so i i put them on this train that just kept crashing and i groundhog them groundhog day them <laughs> you know, the, the train would crash and then they would, you know, they would sit back up to where they described they were sitting in this train, listening to the whatever music they were listening to and stuff like that. And for about three hours, they spent away trying to find like somehow to stop this, this, you know, this, this time warp from happening. <laughs> um, it, it, it became really fun because I had no idea. I, I'd, I'd been thinking about doing this kind of like Groundhog Day one shot for a while, and I'd never really written anything out about it. All I had in my mind was, you know, it's going to crash and they're going to start again. And everything else kind of came from the players, where they started to go, where they started to look and things like that. So they eventually started going to the engine room over and over and over. And I, I said that you see three dials, and one of them says 0.21, 0.60, and then the other one's like 0.40. So these three dials. And eventually they realized that if you add them all up, it equals 1.21. And as soon as they did that, <laughs> I hope you guys can know what happens. The train took off the plane, it went through a time warp, and they landed in Hill Valley. And then they woke up from this dream. And that was sure. it. Sir, I'm going to give you two geek points. One, the Groundhog Day <laughs> geek point. And two, the Back to the Future geek point. That's yeah, amazing. It, it, was, it was so much fun. Like, because it was like, what, it was so, like, it, it was this psychological thriller. You know, it was this intense thing of just death over and over and all of these people dying on this train. And at the end of it, everybody was dying and laughing. When I said that they landed in Hill Valley, one guy just erupted in laughter because he got the reference right away. <laughs> and it was just, it was so much fun. But it was so much, like, like, something like that was a great mental exercise for me. I never really tried to do a one shot like that from my brain. And there was no dice rolls. That's what led me to thinking about it, Wolf, is that there was not a single dice roll through the entire thing. They just kept describing things to me. And then I would describe something back based off of what they were doing. And it was so much fun to play that way. Yeah, that's actually how I introduced, and I've talked about this on the show before, uh, but that's how I introduced my kids to D&D when they were little, is uh, my two boys and my two uh, godchildren, uh, I would have them for the summer, uh, you know, like when they were like little elementary school, and they'd get bored, and it'd be a rainy day, and you know, whatever, and they weren't, you know, they didn't want to play with whatever they were playing with, and we'd sit, and I'd go, okay. You're in a forest and you can look like anything you want to look like. What do you look like? 
and they would describe to me, you know, I have wings and I have horns and I have a tail and, you know, da, 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 whatever, you know, and we would just roll, you know, mm -hmm. and we would just go like that. And it was just, that is, it's so much fun. That sounds fantastic. I was just going to say, when I introduce people to to d d it's always, you know, the, the, the thing I always say is basically we're taking make-believe or play pretend, whatever you want to call it, and we're just putting some framework rules around it so that, you know, as a kid, I, I remember, you know, cops and robbers or whatever, mm -hmm. and it was always, well, I hit you. No, you didn't. Yeah, I, you know, all all the all the rules do is codify mm -hmm. whether or not I hit you or whether yeah. or not I succeeded. Yeah, can you imagine that? All these kids running around with their finger guns out, bang bang, cops and robbers, things like that. They shoot the gun, and then all of a sudden, the dice rolls from the other hand on the ground. <laughs> well, that's larping. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's great. I really, I really like that. Fun. Yeah, very much so. I um, I I'm gonna give you a geek point for that one. Thank you. <laughs> um, well, we we could probably go on for for a long time, but uh, to be mindful and respectful of everybody's time, uh, sure. let let us shift gears to some geek news. That's gonna be our new geek news theme. I just made it up. Geek news. <laughs> and then you need like the ding ding ding, right? <laughs> We just have to avoid specific notes. Yes. <laughs> I, I watch, I, I should say, I watch, I listened to the 20,000 Hertz uh, episode and they covered the, uh, the, the three uh, chimes. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great episode. If you haven't listened to 20,000 Hertz, uh, the podcast, do yourself a favor. It is a, it is I, a joy. I, I'll try to check it. So, so I'll, you know, I'm, I'm all about that honesty. Your, your podcast is probably the first one that I've listened to more than one episode of ever in my entire life. Um, you know, being in the restaurant industry, as long as I have, I was always, I've always been a very busy person. You know, I work 12, 13, 14 hours a day, five, six days a week. Um, and I loved every minute of it, but my time was always so consumed. And even now that I'm home, I find that I'm even busier because I, you know, at least when I went to the restaurant, there was a disconnect when I came home. Now I'm working all the time. Um, so it, it, I actually had to make a physical effort to make myself go and listen to your podcast. And that's not saying anything bad about your podcast. It's just, I or, or any podcast, I just don't find the time for it. But I really enjoyed listening to yours. It was really neat to see the way that you guys did it with all the geek points. And, you know, what I really enjoyed most and, and why I was so excited to come on here with you all is just you know the camaraderie that you all have between each other and you can tell the you know the love that's here and the passion that you guys want to do this and do it together and you know passion for me breeds more passion in me so that was really exciting for me to listen to and then come and be part of thank right. you thank yeah you so we much. are we are such a little family um you know even our we have we have two alternate hosts that are out for a while but yeah the you, you form a bond you know, mm -hmm. we all knew each other before this, so it's even tighter. You know, we, we've been a little trauma bonded. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, I think that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but just uh, because of your love of especially the, the older uh, video games, the older console games, there is an episode they do covering uh, how, how music was made in those 
early games, you know, okay. using yeah, it's it's quite a listen if you get a chance. Yeah, I just made a note here in my little my little pad in front of me. Okay. Uh so uh what do we got for geek news? Um so uh we're gonna start this one off for Kayla. Um the new sexiest man alive has been chosen. Really? Please mm-hmm. tell me it's somebody really metal. Uh, is it Michael B. Jordan? Is that last it, year? What was that? I, but Michael B. I thought my wife and I were talking about that the other day. Wasn't it Michael B. Jordan or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah Michael B. Jordan has be has been chosen as Sexy Man Alive by People Magazine for 2020. Oh wow! I'm not. Seems seems like you probably they probably could have given that to him earlier on. I mean, he is you know from his from Creed to Killmonger. Yeah, yeah, he's. Have you guys seen and girls seen um, Just Mercy with, with yeah. him in it? No. Um, if you haven't seen that, it is the true story of um, he's a lawyer um, in 1989, Alabama. And it's a true story of him fighting against um, abolishing the, the death penalty there, trying to get it abolished. It was so powerful. Um, we watched that the other day. That's where, you know, Sean and I started talking about the about him. And he, I, you know, his, the, the, the confidence and power that his face exudes on the screen just led to this amazing performance. I, I yeah, I can see that he's, mm-hmm. there is, there is so much behind those eyes. Yes. And, you know, and on, then on top of it, Jamie Foxx, the performance that he put in, you know, he, another one of those actors that is just amazing. Absolutely. Very cool. Congratulations, uh, that- Michael B. Jordan. I have to put that onto the list of films to watch. Uh, so geek news. I mean, I guess uh, we all know that Tasha's got released, right? Yes, yes. I uh, I saw something. Where did I see? There was something on. Maybe it was Pinterest. But there's a there's a something where through D and D Beyond they're doing like a Tasha's dice thing to go with the launch too. That I thought was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, I have not picked it up yet. Um, I do like, even though I've never read all the books, I do have all the books for my fantasy ground, so that way my players can use them if wanted and needed. You know, all I, of the supplements are there for them. I I was gifted by one of our friends a D and D Beyond copy of uh, Tasha's. I I haven't actually gotten to go through it, unfortunately, yet. Uh, hmm. But. Um, there's a lot I, I'm really interested to see how they addressed. Um, and I still would like to get it in in, in hardcover to, one, support our local, friendly local game store. Uh, sure. uh, and, and also because I, I, I have a thing for making sure my bookshelf behind my desk is full of books. So, so before I give you the geek points for the bookshelf, how many books are back there? Oh geez. Um, do you want just the second edition books? The third no, no. Edition? Give me, give me. You know, if this was a jelly bean and we were trying, like the jelly bean contest, trying to guess how many jelly beans are inside this jar, how many books are inside that shelf? Oh man. And then you have books, and then you have all the magazines too. And I have magazines. Uh, There's I, a lot. I, <laughs> yeah, because it's I've got so I've oh. <laughs> I love when you can stump the host. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, no, That's a geek it, point just for doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it is. I don't know. It's probably got to be about all the books on the shelf, not counting the magazines. They're just all the books on the shelf that are are game books. I've got to be around 
50 or 60. Oh wow! Well, there's and then, more than that. And then I've got three. I, I have three of the second edition box sets for uh, different. I have two Ravenloft box sets, two Dark Sun box sets, a Spelljammer box set, and a Planescape box set. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I'd say you're close to upwards of of more than a hundred back there, because that's a that's a pretty long bookshelf. Just take is. a picture and put it on the put it on the uh, the Discord. But yeah, there's a lot. Um, Sorry, Will, we hijacked you. And and that's and that's not counting the three that are in the bathroom bookshelf. Okay. <laughs> that's another geek point, by the way. For the bathroom bookshelf. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where we do our best uh our best game ideas come from that, right? right? <laughs> so I I I very much like to enjoy a hot bath. I take one almost every single day, not gonna oh. lie. And I I sit there and I always just, you know, think about the worlds and the games and, you know, it, it's funny, the, the more tired, oh wow, that's a great picture. <laughs> I know you guys on, on are here, you're listening, can't see, but yeah, that's a great picture. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to put that as a secondary picture with the thumbnail on the social media. Yeah. Um, I, I do, for some reason, I do my best work when I'm in this like tired, relaxed state. I don't know why. Yep, I have come up with my best ideas in the shower, mm-hmm. or in the pool, or you know. Eureka! Yep, it's it's the put them in water. You know, I, I've said it before. My mother always said, "When all else fails, put them in water," and it is true to this day. When when everything goes wrong, okay. I would so find next time my phone breaks, I'm putting it in water. Next time, there, you, uh, okay. Well, there maybe it doesn't apply <laughs> to technology, but it applies to humans. Damn it. <laughs> Anyhow, again, Will. <laughs> no, it's perfectly okay. This is this is the beauty about this show is that we have no formula. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm having a blast just sitting here chatting with you guys. I'm not gonna lie, I was super nervous. Aww. I was super nervous about coming here. Um, and you've all made me feel just so welcome. Yay! Yay! Uh, so we have a a release date for Wonder Woman eighty four. Yes, we do. Nice. Yes. Finally. Finally. Are they going to finally Are... reveal where she carried that sword in that dress? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, we call that the Highlander syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> that goes well, back to the Highlander. Highlander. No, yeah. there's, it goes back to the Highlander TV show where Duncan McLeod is on a beach in a speedo with no sword in one scene. Cut to the bad guy. Cut back to Duncan, who's holding a sword. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. I will give you. I, I will give you three guesses on where that sword came from. Hammer space. I I will, I will not place those guesses on on here. I know you said we could curse, but I'm going to keep this as family friendly as possible. Uh, will I'm going to give you a geek point for the Highlander of the series. <laughs> yeah. God, I loved that series when I was in college. That was. God. It was oh my God. so good. It was so cheesy. Not. Looking back at it now, much like much like many things in the eighties, God, it was very camp. But at the time, it was fantastic. Oh my God! Okay. Yeah, Sean Connery. How can you go wrong with the Sean Connery movie, right? That was that was the thing that I think made me the most happy is is getting to see just more Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that 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 Adrian Paul that the USA Channel uh, series. Oh, that was like 
we were in on a Saturday afternoon with nothing to do, put it on USA, and they'd have like two or three of those episodes back and back. That was a day. That was a good day. <laughs> so going back to Wonder Woman 84. Yes. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> we went from an original release date of June 5th to August 14th, back to October 2nd. Uh, and then they, they flirted with a Thanksgiving release, but now they have said that it will be released on Christmas Day. Uh, thank you to Variety for confirming this. Uh, it will be in theaters and also uh, on HBO Max. Wow. Uh, they will be doing a joint release. Uh, I personally will be watching it at home on my couch where I can pause it and go to the bathroom <laughs> and not miss anything. Yep. <laughs> There's, there's a, a another uh, kind uh, soul. The uh, the animated uh, Disney movie is also going to be doing a, a joint release on December twenty fifth. Hmm. Uh, soul, like good, good time to yeah. be home. Yeah. yeah. Note to self: Get HBO Max. Right. <laughs> Did anybody else cancel their Disney subscription yet, and then reorder it just for The Mandalorian? No, no, we never let it go. <laughs> oh yeah, you guys no. have kids. No. no, why? Why would you do that? There's so much more on that channel than just the Mandalorian. Oh no, don't it is. It's just I start like now that I do all of this stuff on my computer. Now I, I don't find time to watch anything anymore. Um, so I just I cancel it because I wasn't watching it anymore. Unfortunately, uh, uh no, that's understandable. Yeah. We we tend to try to make time. We have like certain series and certain channels and certain genres of things that we try to make time for. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do that too. We, you know, we'll get to where like, we haven't looked at the TV in a while, except for, you know, you always have like that one background show that Mm -hmm. like, you know. Ours are criminal minds. Ours are criminal minds. (laughs) We have a couple. We, we tend to do the stupid comedies like the office or Brooklyn nine, nine and stuff like that for our background shows. Uh, But speaking of shows, just for a moment here, it's because I was so blown away from it. Please tell me anybody here has watched The Queen's Gambit. I am currently watching The Queen's Gambit. Okay, great. I will not spoil anything for you then. <laughs> that was the, one of the best shows I've seen made in a long time. Really good. I, I was very of, I watch a lot of TV when I can. It yeah. is so well done. Yeah, I was I was super impressed. I'm, I, I can't even tell you where I am in it other than I know that she's, I think she's in Russia right now. Oh, okay, so you're getting close to the end then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but oh my god, mm-hmm. really, really well done. The just yeah, that's definitely a must watch. Mm-hmm. So so okay. So speaking of that movie, just for one sec, just to get off topic again, the way that her brain works for the the way the moves work. Like if I've ever tried to explain people how my brain works when I'm running a D and D game, that is 100 percent what it is. It is just all of these moving pieces, just trying to figure out all of these different complications and ways and solutions. And because there's never one solution. And mm-hmm. like when I was watching it with, with, with Sean, my wife, I, I turned around, I was like, I can finally show you and point I pointed to that on the ceiling, all these chess pieces moving. And I said, yeah. that's my brain whenever I DM. I, I can see that. I can mm-hmm. absolutely see that. That is a wonderful analogy. Yeah. I think Joe's, Joe, you've, you've kind of sat with me. A little bit through some yeah. of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some. I really definitely want to watch it, especially having been a kid who was into chess and, and did chess classes and stuff. I really do want to check it out. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it definitely, like, see the, the, the that 
uh, that visual. I, I definitely agree. I, you know, as you were saying earlier before we went on uh, about how, you know, at this point, you don't really need to prep for mm -hmm. your games because you kind of know what's what and where's where. Um, I'm very similar in my campaign and uh, a lot of the stuff is very, it's, it's a very similar thing. It's like, it, I know if they go there, this, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. It all depends on how they do things. And yeah, it's... So I, I, I have to give you another geek point for that one because I know how hard it is to not have to do those prep sessions and how much lore in, you must have in your brain to be able to do that as well. So you get a geek point for that. All right, thank you. All right, so Good Will? <laughs> uh, speaking of the Queen's Gambit, and I just lost it. God darn it. I hate that when I have an article up because I specifically want to read from that article and mm. then it runs away. Ah, I found it. Uh, so the Queen's Gambit has scored uh, a record already. Uh, it is Netflix's most watched scripted limited series to date. Oh, wow. Anybody want to guess how many member accounts have tuned into this show in the first 28 days? I'm going to say something like 4 million. No. No. Higher? Way higher. Oh, my God. I don't even want to guess then. I'm going to lose All right. <laughs> How about 62 million accounts? Oh, my God. In the wow. first 28 days. That's insane. It is the. It has made the top 10 in 92 different countries. It's ranked number one in 63, including the UK, Argentina, Israel, and South Africa. Wow. Wow. So, so to put it in context. Numbers for us. <laughs> yeah, don't take our word for it. To put it in context, The Witcher Season 1 still remains the number one show. Mm -hmm. uh, its first 28 days had 76 million hits. Wow, so okay. not even that much more. No. And game of things. In this that show coming off of had yeah yeah the, this show had a very slow release. It burned like wildfire in the ground game. Mm -hmm. uh, the Witcher had a lot more coming into it going into the show. I mean, most people never even heard about this until it hit the news of how awesome this show really is. Uh, it is on my list of things to watch. I have not watched it yet. I am still catching up on other things, and but it is definitely on my must-watch list. Well, when you do watch it, you know, shoot me a message and let me know your thoughts because I'd love to hear them. Absolutely. Uh, so I will round out. I like to have little fun things to kind of round out my little section of the news. And as this show will be released on Thanksgiving Day, uh, Speak, I'm sure I can speak for the entire show when we wish everybody in America a happy Thanksgiving and those of you around the world that are going to celebrate with us. Um, the most looked for recipes online for Thanksgiving. Now, you, they're going to have your, your typical cornbread dressing, green bean casserole. Turkey. Turkey. Tofu. That sort of Tofu thing. Turkey. I found four that just go... What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, Floridians. Uh-oh. Mm. Cornbread. Okay. Really? Mm. Cornbread? Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. 
It's on the side of the box. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like you know, the the cafeteria at school used to make this really tasty uh, jalapeno cheese cornbread. Unless it's something odd like that. If it's just straight cornbread, no, it's just straight cornbread because there are other there there are other states where they looked up, you know, the jalapeno cornbreads, and mm. no, this is just regular, good old fashioned, everyday southern on the cornbread. side of the jiffy. Box. It's on maybe the side of the blue box. Know. It's on it's... the side of the box, or maybe they're trying to make it from scratch. Maybe it's not easy oh, to make good corn. So my last restaurant was a barbecue restaurant, and we made it actually like a jalapeno cornbread from from scratch in the restaurant, and it was so good. Oh my god! Mm. I'm like my mouth is salivating, missing that right now. <laughs> that and the pork and the brisket. Oh my god! Goodness. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> So the, okay. next, the, the next huh is Iowa. Okay. And this one made me cock my head to the side because I can't imagine. Uh, they're are most we going to need to get Adam on the line? Uh, <laughs> you might. Uh, fruit salad. So that's the most looked up searched, recipe. Searched for recipe in Iowa is for in fruit Iowa. salad. Interesting. See, I, I wonder if a lot of this stuff has to do with the financial struggles that people are going through in the world right now. A lot of people probably aren't looking to make big, grand Thanksgiving meals because you're not having big family occasions. So you're making smaller things and making it more cost-effective. That's possible. That's very possible. Yeah, uh, that's North Carolina is rice. Yeah, perfect. That's a perfect I, example for it. I can yeah. honestly say that North Carolinas do love their rice. Mm -hmm. uh, it goes with pretty much everything. And, and the most absolute what the hell actually comes out of Washington, D.C. And not for the reasons you might think. No, they actually search for duck confit that's, for that, Thanksgiving. That's rather gourmet of them. It does beg a lot of questions, doesn't it? <laughs> Interesting. I never eat, you know... I don't know. I don't cook a lot. So, like, I really have no horse in this game. But I never... There's certain dishes like that that I never even considered trying to make at home. I know a lot of professional chefs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I see what they go through. <laughs> it's just, I don't want to do that at home. No, being, <laughs> being a professional chef takes a certain personality to be... <laughs> Yes. Very much so. Oh, yeah. They are interesting people, to say the least. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious about the rest of the list, go ahead and look it up. It's at the Daily Meal, M-E-A-L, the Daily Meal, uh, if you're interested on where your state and region looks up for Thanksgiving. So gobble till you wobble, guys, and enjoy. <laughs> Yay! KK, you got any geek news? I have, I have a little thing. Um, but it's, it's, it's a KK. Uh, so, where's my headliner here? New, previously unreleased Middle Earth material from J.R.R. Tolkien is being released next year. You have my attention. Yeah! Okay. <laughs> Can you open this uh, up the door, please? <laughs> um, so... An unreleased collection of Middle-Earth stories and material is being released next year thanks to Tolkien Estate. The book will be titled The Nature of Middle-Earth, and it will be published in June 2021 by HarperCollins, 
The publisher promises that the new material will transport readers back to the world of the Similarian, the Unfinished Tales, and the Lord of the Rings. You literally just made all the hair on my body stand up. Right? <laughs> like, oh my god! I'm, I am, I'm reading because I, I don't have, I'm speechless. Like, I can't, I have to read this yeah. because, blah. Um, <laughs> so, um... HarperCollins Deputy Publishing Director Chris Smith said in a statement, before him, Middle-earth was part of an entire world to be explored, and the writings in the nature of Middle-earth reveal the journeys that he took as he sought to better understand his unique creation. He added that the new collection is a veritable treasure trove, offering readers a chance to peer over Professor Tolkien's shoulder at the very moment of discovery, and on every page, Middle-earth is once again Again, brought to extraordinary life. Well, okay. Yeah, uh, I can't follow that. Yeah, Take my money. Yes. Can you? Can you just say mic drop? Yeah, yeah. I am. I am just like in tears, blown away, so excited. Uh, the, some of the topics in the book will include elvish immortality and reincarnation, the nature of valor, the godlike spirits of the Middle Earth, the lands of the beasts of Numenor, the geography of the kingdom of Gondor, and even who had beards. Whether elves, hobbits, and even dwarf women could grow beards as long as as long has long been a subject of debate among fans. <laughs> I just okay. I'm done. Okay. I, I there I there was nothing else I could like even Nope, that's that's it. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you win. Um, <laughs> yeah, um can we just give all the geek points to you? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't need to you win. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh they even have um if folks want to look it up, um the article is on Geek Tyrant. So if you just go to geektyrant.com, uh, it's one of my favorite websites for geek news. And uh, if you look up the article, they even have the, uh, I'm assuming, what is the book cover picture here. Um, and it's gorgeous and it's very cool. And yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Joe, yes. what do you have for geek news? <laughs> well, first for geek news, uh, I should have gone before you because, wow, you brought <laughs> the showstopper. Um <laughs> For, for those of us who have long been into graphic design but didn't have the deep pockets to afford certain Adobe products, uh, the program GIMP celebrates its 25th birthday this week. Uh, GIMP, GIMP. Is, yeah, GIMP is the open source, uh, free open source uh, graphic design program that gives you nearly all the functionality you, you wanted in Photoshop. Uh, sometimes to get that functionality it takes a few more steps than it did in Photoshop, but uh, it it is free. So uh, you know, and and we have used GIMP uh, extensively in our old and in developing designer our logo. So um, that is, uh, I was happy to celebrate that. Um, second item I wanted to bring up uh, was. Um, just sort of interesting Florida adjacent news as we deal with all sorts of invasive species. Tegus are now becoming an invasive species here in the Southeast United States. Really? Uh, wait, wait, what? The dog sized tegu 
uh, is becoming huh? an invasive, invasive species. A species. What, okay, what is this? A tegu? What manner of creature is this? It is a lizard. Yes, because some are like a Komodo dragon, but not as deadly. The Argentinian black and white tegu has made its way to the United States Southeast, and experts are warning about the harmful impacts it could have on the area's ecosystem. Uh, these invasive lizards are native to South America, um, and they are becoming, uh, they're becoming, uh, a coming, uh, spreading across the Southeast, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, after eating bread in Southern Florida for over a decade. Um, they can grow to be about the size of, uh, about four feet long. They are omnivorous, will eat anything, including eggs, birds, berries, vegetables, and even sea turtles. Um, yeah, I, I remember the first time I saw a tegu when we went to that pet store, and I was like, oh, it's a scaly dog. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, they are ridiculous. And, and they are becoming invasive all over the southeast, so. Just scary thought. Just wild roaming around giant freaking tegus. Mm-hmm. I gotta imagine <laughs> just, they look. Just... They they look like they might be tasty. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Hey, Geekiest family. Uh, so we had a little technical difficulty happen uh, with the recording Monday night with Farad. Um, you didn't really miss too much. I, I think we were ending up the geek news at the time, and. Uh, we were going to the big board, which we will pick up with now with Kayla declaring who the big winner is. And if you can't figure it out, maybe you should take a uh, a listen back on the episode. So, sorry for the technical issue here, but uh, we uh, we were at the mercy of the Craigbot. So, enjoy the uh, rest of the uh, the show where we do our plugs. Yes. Yeah. You are. You are the geekiest. You have come oh. in at 14 geeky points, Woo-hoo! and wow. I probably could have given you a whole lot more. Yeah, well, well, thank you. I'm. If you could see my face right now, I am definitely have a big smile and am blushing. Yay! Uh, in second place, Joe came in with four. Uh, I came in with two, and Will behind me with one. So that's the board. <laughs> I just all spent right. a lot more time talking than you guys did. That's all. <laughs> That's totally okay. That's the whole point of the show. <laughs> um, so, Farad, as uh, you are the winner, the geekiest this week, it is your right, responsibility, obligation, and duty to uh, let people know where they can find you online. You got uh, it. Um, what I'm actually going to do is I am not going to plug myself at all. I am going to plug everybody else on my Discord because I've got a ton of streamers on there. Um, I would like to plug, you know, all of, well, actually, you know what, the first person I want to plug is my wife, you know, you can find her on the Discord, her name is Sunshine, I have not talked about her at all throughout this, because I would spend all my time talking about the support <laughs> and respect and passion that she helps and gives me towards this, that is, I, I could not do this without her, she is my soulmate, my partner, I love her with all of my heart, and thank you, Sean, for, for helping me through all of this. Um, but you know, what I would like to plug is I've got a bunch of like world builders, um, Enderman. She is one of my, one of my great friends on the discord. You can find her Enderman on Twitch and YouTube or Twitch and YT. Uh, Karish Vanderlei is another one. She's on my team as well and does streaming insanity plea, uh, fitless. My, uh, my best friend in the world has become somebody on the discord name. Yes, I am Jess. Um, 
There's somebody named Freya on there who has the warmest heart in the entire world. Uh, Jane Sky, who is, you know, she's become my sister. She's family. Um, Dead Hand, for all of your, your love and support. Uh, Enski, you're now the most famous person on the internet. He'll get that joke. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I'm missing many, many. Uh, Dungeon Muster for introducing me to all of you fantastic people and uh, for introducing me to Mirami, who has become a friend, I feel like. And um, I just want to plug all of those people. You know, find them through me. You'll find me on my Discord and go look and, and find all of them. And, you know, in the Geekiest Podcast, I want to plug you guys. Um, Thank you. You've been, talk, you've been talking about me this whole time. You guys, you, you've, if you're listening, you know who I am. I don't have to plug myself anymore. You know, I want to plug everybody else. So thank you to everybody on the Discord. I apologize if I did miss anybody. There's a lot of people. Oh, you know, Reaper, you are my brother from another mother. He is my twin. I cannot miss Reaper. Um, but if I did miss anybody on there, I apologize. I love you all from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for being part of my world. Um, thank you to everybody who listened to me talk about that today, and thank you to you guys for having me on. Yeah, very welcome. And uh, we will be having Insanity Plea on in the a seventh. couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, December 7th, we will record with them, so their episode will be out on the 11th? No, not the 11th. The, uh, yeah, the 11th. So, awesome. yeah, we will yeah, be that, talking to them, so look forward to that. Thank you for having me on. I no, appreciate it very much. I, I had a blast. So yeah, I just want to send one last shout out to Brian Prozer. Um, really interesting guy that I've met and have been having a blast getting to know him and just learning from him and really interesting person. And I just wanted to make sure I got his name in there. Very cool. So Joe, you came in second, so you get to plug your stuff. All right. Well, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Demorgus, D-E-M-O-R-G-U-S. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you're like, hey, I'd like to follow you guys on social media, just look, search for The Geekiest Pod. You'll find us there. Uh, hey, we got merch. Uh, and if you would like to get a Geekiest Logo t-shirt that has the geeky visages of all of the hosts, that would be me, that would be Kayla, that would be Will, that would be Andy, and that would be Pete. You can find that at shop.spreadshirt.com slash the geekiest pod. See what I did there? I keep branding with the geekiest pod. Uh, Good job. You can also find me DMing the multi-time mentioned Not Safer Wizards podcasts. Uh, and uh, I think that's it for now. More stuff is on the way. There might be a little something coming on TikTok soon. <laughs> Kayla, you came in uh you came in third, so where can people find you? Okay, people can find me on the twits at uh hawk underscore Kayla. You can find me on Instagram at geekiest Kayla. Uh you can also find me playing Jade on the aforementioned Not Safe for Wizards DD actual play fifth edition podcast. Uh you can find us um if you are into recycling, upcycling, buying for cheaper, keeping things out of landfills, uh, we own a little thrift shop in downtown Davie, Florida. If you are in the area, please come and stop by and check us out. Uh, lots of fun, geeky stuff uh, at 4148 Davie Road. Uh, it is called Secondhand Goddess. Uh, and you can find Secondhand Goddess on all the social medias, including TikTok as well. Hey, Will! Yes. Well, where can our wonderful listeners find you? 
Oh, I have a very limited output here. I'm on the Instagram and the Twitter at Geekiest Will. All right. All right. So we are, we're what, nine months into this whole pandemic thing. We have been telling you from the start, please follow all social distancing rules. Please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. As Pete would say, don't be a dick. Um, we really would love for this to end. Um, and the best way to do that is to follow these rules. It really works. There are places that they're having surges of three, three cases. <laughs> yeah, um, wear masks. So please do those things. Uh, of course, as always, this podcast believes Black Lives Matter. We thank you for listening this week. We look forward to talking to you next week. For those of you in the United States, please enjoy your Thanksgiving, but please do so safely. Uh, bye. Bye, guys. Drink responsibly, kids, and leave the world a better place than you found it. Hey there, listener. Before we get out of here, just want to uh, ask you to do us a little favor. Um, two little favors. One, if you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review there. Five stars would be great, but hey, we're leaving that up to you. And second would be share the podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think would enjoy a deep dive into geek culture. Uh, that would definitely help us. Thanks for listening. The preceding program was brought to you by Armored Bear Productions.